all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. The state of our union is stronger than ever before. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. From Studio C. I just walked into the studio. I wouldn't look at anybody, and I did not shake anybody's hand. Oh, see, We're in a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The union! The state of which is strong. You know who told me that? The president did, personally, through the TV. All right, well, I just took your... I'm oh, no. oh, oh, wait a minute. I you're oh, my God. You can't do that. It's a war. Put it in the garbage. This is not bringing us together. The next year to 20 years, and I don't know which it will be. I would bet on a year to five years. It's going to be like a delicious parfait. That is the multi-layered dessert dish, often pudding. You got one flavor, another flavor, one flavor, another. But the the parfait flavors are going to be hilarious absurdity and incredibly troubling disunity. Yeah, I go back and forth. Um, uh, enjoying the the chaos and the ugliness and the pettiness and everything like that. Last night and this morning, I was in a mood of... uh, of uh, probably being a grown-up of just, you know, this is not good. This is this is not good. I actually, uh, you know, I'm raising my kids in this country, and I want it to be strong and successful and free and et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and, and I believe government is necessary, but it should be uh, barely involved in my life, and it's just so freaking dysfunctional. I, I and everybody's say... acting like children. If your kids are acting like this, you know, yeah, you give them a lecture about getting their act together, <laughs> right? And it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's not good. It's hilarious, and I will make jokes about it, but it's just, it's not good. There are several trends, the ones you mentioned, that are going in the wrong direction, yes? The, 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 I, I will tell you this, the nation has endured worse and come out the other side uh, wiser for the experience. Here's the difference, though. I was it, thinking about this. Uh-oh. I was hoping there wasn't a difference. We've gone through some. We've gone through some uh, times where people are really at each other. Both sides are really at at each other over some serious questions, though. And you know, easy to nail down. You you can't continue to be a country if half the country thinks slavery is okay and half doesn't. Right. You know, in the civil rights movement, c- kind of similar. If ha- if you got big chunks of the country that don't want to give a group of people the right to be citizens, and that, you know that those are. This is just pettiness. Mm, to a large this extent, is, this yeah. is just personal pettiness. The inability for grown-ups to think, well, we work here, we're all trying to accomplish something, let's just put this aside and go forward. Right, we can't have open animosity and screeching and fights here in the office. Just to, you know, to, to cite a, a metaphor everybody can understand. You've got to at least keep it cool. Part of it is the age of the smartphone and the Internet. We are, it is impossible to get our attention unless you go over the top. We won't look up from our phones. And I think that's, uh, in large measure, why the politics of today are the politics of today. 
So Trump walked in, if you didn't see the speech last night, and I didn't, by the way, I didn't watch it. I just can't do State of the Union addresses. The Every pace, second of it I watched. The pace is too slow. I've Whoa. lasted about three applause breaks. Yeah, when the, they were applauding after every two words, I said, I'll, I'll figure it out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't do this. The pace well, is I, so I need slow. to leave the room. I'm like you with like, like crinkling of bags. I, I just can't <laughs> do it. I love my country and care about my job, so I watched every second and would be happy to explain it to you. But, but so, having said that, but so Trump walked in, he, he didn't look at Nancy, handed her the speech, and didn't shake her hand when she stuck her hand up. Right. Yeah. She, she rolled her eyes at various times through the whole speech. Oh, my God. Oh, please. <laughs> rolled her eyes? She rolled her eyes. She threw her head back. She mouthed words to people in the audience. At one point, she went with her angry school marm act and was shushing somebody, like, up and, and back to the right. Her right, my left. And, and, like, kept at it. Like, as the president is speaking, she's saying, be quiet. That is not appropriate. You be quiet up there. I mean, it was it was <laughs> prolonged. It was just bat s crazy. Then at the end, she tore up the speech. Yes, when it was over. I, I, I standing yeah. behind him, he didn't see it. I wish he'd have seen it because what would have his reaction have been? Oh, well, he he he's <laughs> certainly seen it by now and has access to a Twitter account. The whole <laughs> snubbing her handshake thing was, I believe, he only glanced halfway at her for the purpose of seeing where she was because he knew he had to hand her the speech. So you don't run into the podium and, like, hand the speech to to nobody. Exactly. Yeah, it was a precaution to keep from banging his knee. Um, And he handed it to her but never looked fully at her. She extended her hand. It's my belief he didn't see that. Now... It's entirely possible. Here's the snub if you'd like to watch it. It's entirely possible that um, that he would have snubbed her given the opportunity. Uh, but it's it's not clear to me. All right, here you go. He's approaching. He's walking. He's triumphant. He's adjusting his jacket. He's looking out at the crowd thinking, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Reaches down. He's got a couple of copies of the speech of Rooney. Grabs it. Mike, Mike Pence is nodding along with a pleasant smile. Gives a copy to Pence, copy to Pelosi. Then, no, I'm starting to lean towards snub. <laughs> yeah, sure looks like a snub to me. Yeah, I, little I don't snubbery. Think, I, I I don't think if he did see it, he would have necessarily engaged in it anyway. So, um, <laughs> right, like like I said, yeah. 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 Well, and it's a tradition anyway, and surely, well, he should be aware of that. It's also a tradition for her to say it's my grand honor and supreme dignity or whatever it is. Right. And she she left that out and just said, here's the president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Open animosity. Well, well yeah. Boy, Melania's hot. Hey, oh, that, that's the gosh, headline there. Her cat-like beauty. Sorry, hashtag easily distracted. It's it's interesting. Uh, we're watching. We got the video rolling of the State of the Union address. It's interesting because she's in a room full of normal people. If she were in Hollywood, you'd be panning the crowd, and she'd just be another person. Yes. But when you're panning the crowd full of regular, pale, unmade-up, normal-looking people. Asymmetrical. When you come to her, it's like, wow, what's right. going on there? Uh, beauty. Um, what was I going to say? There she is, sandwiched between the uh, uh, wife and mom of a service family and Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, which we'll have to talk about that later, the Rush Limbaugh part of the speech. Um, uh, so, uh, how do you end this? this? I've seen this happen with families. I've seen it happen with coworkers. I've seen it happen with like brothers and sisters and stuff like that. 
it becomes a, well, you did this, you did this, you did this, and you can trace it back years. Right. So until both sides are willing to say, okay, let's stop, because Trump can say, well, you called me insane and a Russian agent. Right. That's why I didn't look at you and shake your hand. Fair enough. And she would say, you know, and you, just, you just keep going back further and further and further. Right. Right. Well, I believe there will be a reconciliation in January at the inauguration. It will last seven or eight minutes at most. And on we will go. Mm. That's a... There are, tr- you know, here's what you must never forget, sir. And this is why both of us are small government guys. There are so many trillions of dollars at stake. All these people care about is whether they're in control of the trillions of dollars. Yeah, they all get rich off of it. That's, right. that's for certain. They get to play this game and people jab about it like it's a soap opera and they all get rich. I'll tell you this, though. From the point of view of the president and his party, he killed it last night. Absolutely slayed it. Could not have gone better. Those who hate him hated it. The persuadables in the middle, though, it was a winner. So is the archive that keeps those signed copies of the speeches uh, going to take the uh, torn up part and put it in the museum somewhere? Well, they have to. <laughs> I guess. That'd be great. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, good. You know, Nancy Pelosi was in the background as the president was speaking. I was hoping she was going to make like a shoveling motion or uh, maybe, you know, <laughs> put her finger in her throat or do air quotes. <laughs> That'd be a good one. <laughs> and then it, when she, at some point, she just puts a fake mustache and glasses on and just just stands there. <laughs> Michael, she tiptoed up to those lines that, you, that you're mentioning, but didn't quite go there. Put on a fake mustache and glasses and cross your arms. Would be yeah, pretty right. funny. Right. Or an Obama mask and start giving thumbs ups. Yeah. And as a side, that's what I think of the entire C-SPAN weekend lineup. Oh, so. Michael! That's it's divisive. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. My favorite character from the So Too last night was, uh, I didn't know his name at the time, but Representative uh, Billy Long, and he had the distinction of, he was the one with a wad of cash sticking out the top of his pocket. I didn't notice that. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Um, But yeah, apparently this is a move that he's pulled before uh, when he knows he, you know, when you have those... Uh, like the president's at the podium and you got like six people behind him. He very often just has a, uh, it's a wad of cash. I don't know if it's a 20 on front and then just padding it with ones oh, in the yeah, back or not. Yeah. The classic pool of one maneuver. But what's he trying to accomplish? Yeah, what's his message? Oh, I don't know. He's got money. Thumb, he was giving thumbs up the whole time. I just thought that was a, that was, that was a bold look. Uh, they I don't owe me money, Mike. I don't know what the prices are at the concessions at these uh, so two speeches or not. If it's like arena beer prices and stuff, so you just need the twenties because you know it, it's at least a twenty every time you go to the concessions. Or maybe stand. they go out and, and then check out strippers afterward. I don't know. We reach new lows every single day. The uh, headline in the New York Post is "Tour Loser" with a picture of uh, Nancy tearing up. Oh, they like scathing. The, they like the puns there at the New York Post. Yes, they do. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, February fifth of the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Oh boy, I'm telling you, Hunter S. Thompson said it. When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. So I guess we're the men for the times. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. At Mark. Three years ago, we launched the great. American comeback. Tonight I stand before you to share the incredible results. Jobs are booming, incomes are soaring, poverty is plummeting, crime is falling, confidence is surging, and our country is thriving and highly respected again. 
You're damn right. The old boom soaring plummet. We got it going on. Yes. Birds are tweeting. Yes. The sun is rising in the east. Dogs are chasing cats. Oh, please. That, 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 that old stuff. That, remember that other guy? Uh, long gone. Babies are cooing. Right. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. It's um, hmm, not charitable toward Nancy, I'm okay. afraid. And then we'll get into obvious, uh, obviously other stuff, um, not politics, although I'm about to mention something politics again. It's amazing how uh, the Democrats of Iowa just can't get their act together. Oh, it's yeah. It's just absolutely astounding. It is a stunning, It's I almost said stumble, but it's a complete face plant. Yeah. Well, it's over now, so it doesn't really make any difference at this point. They might as well just keep the results to themselves. We, we're never going to matter again, so. Nobody cares. <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. we got plenty of other, trust me. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Coronavirus is spreading. Is spreading. Macy's is closing a bunch of stores. A number of things to uh, hit you with later. You got speakers of the house tearing up so twos. It's just the world's coming unglued. <laughs> is it? Yes. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm calling for a new measure of justice, a new program, if you will. And that is there are some people who when, oh my gosh, look at the time, I ought to get to mailbag. Um, when they're apprehended, when they're caught, they just have a big I tattooed, the letter I on their forehead to symbolize idiot. Mm. And that way people would for the rest of their lives going forward know I'm dealing with an idiot here. It would be both helpful to the person at times and a warning to others. Sure. We have a couple of uh, nominees for, for the lead defendant uh, coming up in a moment. Mailbag. First, your freedom-loving quote of the day. Uh, I like this. This is from George Washington, the first president. Unanimously elected, if you can imagine that. A primary object should be the education of our youth in the science of government. In a republic, what species of knowledge can be equally important? And what duty more pressing than communicating it to those who are the future guardians of the liberties of the country? Well, now we hardly teach civics at all. Uh, well, well, yeah, until high school. I think it ought to be throughout. A, a person ought to have intimate knowledge of how government actually works before they leave high school. Moving along. Kevin from beautiful Placerville, California, in the Hill Country, says, Hey, big freedom and simple, Jack. Mm. Just to be clear, if I were president, I'd give you both presidential made medals of freedom during my State of the Union. <laughs> I'm sure all fags would do the same. Friends of Armstrong and Getty. K-O-B-T-C-O-N. Keep on being the consciences of the nation. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate that. I humbly accept Trump, on behalf of me. Trump gave Rush Limbaugh the Presidential Medal of Freedom during the State of the Union address. Yes. Yes. And we will discuss the whole guests and and, and now it's guests and ceremonies during the speech. I Rush. believe the third radio personality to receive it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Uh, Edward R. Murrow and Paul Harvey, I believe, okay. also got there. Interesting. Thank you, Positive Sean, for that little tidbit. Tim writes, I watched the State of the Union with my four-year-old daughter. Halfway through the speech, she started laughing, pointing at Nancy Pelosi and said, Look, Daddy, the lady finally clapped. Kids make everything more fun with their observant honesty. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that too. That is funny because they they have they have no bias or interest or anything other than who looks funny or mad or yeah they're just observing yeah. the human behavior. 
Did your four Please year, clap. Did your four-year-old at any time uh, accuse Nancy Pelosi of having stolen her childhood or her dreams? <laughs> Carol from beautiful Minden, Nevada writes, would someone please just try tossing a bucket of water on Nancy Pelosi? I'm pretty darn sure she'd melt mm. into the floor. Please, someone just try it. That's not a helpful comment. No. Carol, that's not going to bring us together at all. It's a Wizard of Oz reset. Mike in San Jose. <laughs> His topic is Nancy at the So Too. She looked like a crazy old woman in the nursing home cafeteria who tore up the menu because she didn't get a second helping of tapioca. <laughs> Well, if you're going to call it Tapioca Tuesday, you ought to have enough tapioca for seconds. Ah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It is, and it did have that look. Angry old broad. Uh, one other thing, writes Sean. I liked how the camera showed glimpses of uh, Talib and Omar not even paying attention, just flipping through social media on their phones the whole time. How unprofessional. Well, you had AOC not showing up as a gesture, and they were like openly disdainful and ignoring it as a gesture to their people um, on camera. That's, so, how it's people, all calculated. that's how people their age watch TV, though. That's very age-appropriate, I feel. Uh, they're they're Congress people. They're not slacker, dope smoking. M- never mind. I think Ju- the whole thing needs to go away, like the Iowa caucuses. I am not against that. Uh, Julie writes of the uh, the governor giving the Democratic response. All I can say is she's got a great Botox guy. What? The Armstrong and Getty Show. Technical glitches, results from the Iowa caucus didn't start trickling in until this afternoon, and Joe Biden came in fourth. Yeah, yeah, even worse, coming in third was the write-in candidate, not Biden. (laughs) I don't want to hammer that anymore just because I feel like... uh... You might be sick of it. Of course. But the, the fact that, and I think I saw a tweet from David Axelrod, guy who ran uh, Obama's campaign, that they rescind as much as they did the night before by coming out with half of the results yesterday. That was just embarrassing. So you have barely more than half of the results in, and you put up numbers that people get to call the winner or whatnot. It could change dramatically when you get all the results in. So you 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 made it even worse than it was before. You took something you did terrible, and you made it worse. Well, I could be wrong because I don't care that much, but I believe as of broadcast time, they're only up to low 70% or something like that. Yeah. That was yeah. the last number I saw, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at the time that they wow. made an announcement yesterday, and all your newspapers and cable news, what, Buttigieg wins, and... Sanders close second and so they had barely more than half the results in. That is just bad journalism and it's bad is a bad thing to do. Yes. So the only thing I would say about this, and I'm gonna shut up about it, is if Joe Biden ends up the nominee, he thanks the Democratic Party of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Not a because joke. Because if they'd have had the big splashy headline Tuesday night and all day long yesterday, Biden finishes fourth, that would have been a dominant story. Here's But it didn't happen because it just kind of got lost. I think this is not a story about a clever conspiracy. I think it's a story about who gets the money. But that app was developed by Clinton's people. Right. Clinton Insider 
the company, the the uh, the financial statements are out of that company, and George Soros and the Democratic establishment is the big backer of that company. Now, that's not that crazy a thing. They're thinking, okay, how do we streamline the political process so we get more Democrats elected? That's not insidious in itself. But the fact that the mainstream, you know, Democrat-backed candidate benefited from the 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 fusters being clogged, if you will. <laughs> I mean, that is at least slightly suspicious. We'll do a little more on the State of the Union address. I mean, I could they rig their own app to explode if needed? It's possible. Let's... I don't know. That's that's getting into a little uh, tinfoil hat territory. But hey, coming up in a little bit, they've got uh, some doctors weighing in on how easy or it or or not it is to get sick on a plane. We all have the feeling that we're on a plane. Oh yes, you hear somebody with a wet cough. Oh, um, how likely it is? It's kind of interesting where you should sit and that sort of stuff. Um, Sears is closing, or I'm sorry, Macy's. I get them mixed up. All those kind of stores. Oh, all those kind of stores that completely different. Your parents shopped at, or you shopped at years ago, or whatever regularly. Macy's is closing 125 stores, laying off 2,000 employees, which really sucks for them. But uh, times change, and what are you going to do about it? Right. The coronavirus continues to spread. Uh, it would suck to be in China, but it's still not that big a deal in the United States. And I continue to see health experts on TV saying there's nothing to worry about, so I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, when it comes, then worry a lot. But if it's not here, don't worry. The reason you'd worry is the uh, the fatality ratio, as far as they can figure, because China lies about everything. But the number of people who die from getting it is way higher than the flu. 20 times higher, as far as we can tell. But again, until it's here, don't worry about it. It's it's like worrying about you know some African war. You're not in Africa. On the State of the Union address that was held last night that I did not watch, I think it ceased to be something we should do in America many years ago. I'm sorry, ago. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have to do this. Mark in Uganda, who emails us all the time, you are in Africa, okay? The rest of us are not in Africa. Because I knew you were going to email me. I knew it. Mark in Uganda, who listens every day. Now I got that settled. Sorry. And he says, I am in Africa? Is well, I says? said, you're not in Africa. He was about to email and say, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Beat you to it, Mark in Uganda. <laughs> See, we are an international show. <laughs> I thought this was an interesting headline out of the Washington Post by somebody who's pretty smart. Uh, from a column called The Technology 202, whatever that is. Trump's made-for-meme State of the Union shows his strategy to win the Internet in 2020. And it's an article about how Trump and his people are so good at working modern media. The speech was a reminder that the most consistent trait of this often unpredictable president is his ability to go viral. The former reality TV star in the Oval Office has a flair for creating moments that can capture a Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram audience more effectively than perhaps any other American politician. That is an astute observation. Absolutely. Yeah, buddy. And people weren't forming speeches in the past with the idea of, would this be a good short clip that could travel around the Internet? Right. Um uh, we, we've read articles, I think we've talked about this on the air, that the big battle in late night TV now is that. Mm-hmm. It's not as much the ratings of does Jimmy Fallon beat Jimmy Kimmel or, or whatever. Jimmy Fallon really dominates in videos that go viral with the wacky things that he does on his show, and it ends up being a YouTube video that people watch or you send to your friends and or whatever. you have ads in front of it. And you have ads in front of it. Right. So, yeah. YouTube ads were more than the sum total of the domestic box office in 2019. 
and about 36% of the global movie box office. There you go. Which is just astounding. That's YouTube alone. Just YouTube. Holy crap. Which is owned by Google. And I think that's about 10%, give or take, of Google's overall profits. You know, I have this uh, bizarre and dystopian uh, fantasy. Is it a fantasy if it's dystopian? Be a nightmare. Nightmare? Yeah, I have this bizarre dystopian nightmare that I'm in a prison camp and there's a big G on the front of it. If I'm ever imprisoned by a, a evil power, Google it'll be Google. A Google prison camp. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Might be, uh, you know, years in the future. Do they have internet in the, the prison, prison camp? camp? Yeah. I don't. I'd assume that would be part of the punishment. Is is you don't have Wi-Fi. I can't handle the irony, right? Google, <laughs> Google it. Google irony. Those of you on the outside with computer connections, because we got plenty of it in here. <laughs> this sucks. But I thought that was interesting. And then the final comment on that was, well, the- yeah, I, I will point out that, and listen, the whole and you've been railing about this for years. The guests at the State of the Union address has gone overboard. It's now obligatory. There are at least a half a dozen, if not eight of them. And the president, brilliantly to my mind, took it over the top with actually presenting Rush Limbaugh with the Congressional Medal of Freedom or the Presidential Medal of Freedom, whatever it is. Um, They're at the ceremony actually awarding a little black girl with the scholarship that she couldn't get because the local teachers union was choking off the uh, the school choice scholarships, the rest of it. He was like actually doing the ceremonies there, which to the point of the uh, whatever you're reading about uh, viral moments and, and video ready and, and, and tweet ready and the rest of it. That's exactly what he was doing. It was great. But as somebody watching it, it was like, okay, all right, this is now completely over the top. Well, right. And I, this is not an anti-Trump screen because I've been saying this for years it is now um, all the networks going to a big campaign video for whoever's the president at the time. The State of the Union was supposed to be the chief executive checks in with Congress of here's the state of our union. Here's right. what the economy's doing. Here's crime. Here's what's going on around the world. Looks like many... we might be at war with X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah, and just to bring everybody up to speed on stuff. But now it's it's a it's a TV show. It mostly goes to the power of the presidency, a chance to really tout your stuff with nobody able to, like, respond to you, right. at least in real time there. And I don't know, what's the point? Well, it's, it's once again, a symbiotic relationship between the media and uh, the politicians, and they both win, so they, they pump it up. In the past, the only point you could possibly make in recent times is the world would see, wow, they argue like crazy we see all this stuff on cable news, but look, when they come together, it's still America. They are, they are, they're all fighting for the same team. They're united. And the president shakes hands with the Speaker of the House, and they give them the nod, and everybody stands and cheers. And they, yeah, well, we're getting less of that now. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, indeed, perhaps the opposite. You know, Jack, it's in the name of our country, the United States of America. You ought to at least you know, tip your cap to that now and again. The final uh, comment from this observer in the Washington Post about the president understanding viral moments is that showman-like quality will pose a significant challenge for whoever becomes the Democratic nominee. Absolutely. you got to understand how modern media works. Well, it could be a 38-year-old one-term mayor of a small city. So Absolutely. His, his grasp of show busyness, I'm not even sure of at this point. Yeah. Remember when Elizabeth Warren tried to do the video of her drinking a beer? Sure. Oh, That's boy. a great example of how they don't know how to do it. Right. You're right, Michael. She had no idea how terrible that was. 
Speaking of terrible, the Scarlet Eye, a new punishment that I, Joe Getty, am proposing in America, a <laughs> tattooed eye on your forehead wow. to symbolize idiot. Uh, oh, the, the letter I, not a, like a drawing of an eyeball. No, indeed, the letter I. Yeah. Not E-Y-E. Okay. Yeah. And, I, was and in fact, that. I, I was picturing like a cyclops look. I'm going to suggest a lowercase I because the uppercase I, people might think was an L, lowercase L. It so. could happen. Right. I've thought all this through. So the scarlet eye is a punishment. And you want to avoid the flu or coronavirus or whatever? Where should you sit on a plane? And I will actually take this information to heart. <laughs> the wing. Yeah. And you get in baggage. Climb in your suitcase and have your wife check you. That's what you should do. Two hours and 20 minutes in the bathroom. Sorry, still working on it. <laughs> I just stay in there with the door closed. Still working on it. Oh, yeah. On yeah. it? I'll be out soon. <laughs> no way I'm coming out. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. You can't run a Whole Foods race, and what I insist is still a Campbell's Soup Nation. So that's going to be our clip of the day. Brian, uh, it's thought-provoking. Brian Williams on MSNBC saying this. I mean, think about it. How true? What's you ever- can't run a Whole Foods race, and what I insist is still a Campbell's Soup Nation. Right. I love that sort of right. thing. Right. What the hell does that mean? But well, I love it that means what it means. Exactly. It means what it says. You can't run a Whole Foods race, and what I insist is still a Campbell's Soup Nation. Well, if you insist. <laughs> That's fantastic. Two hours into a flight from Toronto to Jamaica, guy stood up, announced that he was recently in China and had the coronavirus. Plane was forced to return to Toronto. It was a prank. He thought he was funny. Oh, that is hilarious. He deserves the Armstrong and Getty scarlet eye on his forehead. Well, so in your world, you would put a, a tattoo of the letter I on there to show everyone he's an idiot. Said the captain, I guess this guy thought it was a funny joke, but it's really just weird. We're all very frustrated to displace 240 people, 240 people just so selfish. Uh, et cetera, well, you're, et cetera. you're yes. a crazy person. Well, here... Close. He was a, a YouTuber, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, All right. right. So, the Scarlet Eye, Jack, it uh, carries out two functions. Number one, it warns people in advance that they're dealing with an idiot. You idiot! So they don't uh, lend him money, trust him with anything precious, <laughs> hire him without careful consideration, right. that sort of thing. Loan him money. It, it is an outward yeah, warning. But I am a kind and compassionate man. You know that. It also is, in effect, a, I'm sorry, but I'm an idiot. Hmm. So if he does something idiotic, people think, well, he is an idiot. Right. So how angry can you get? So, again, it's it's both compassion and punishment. A second nominee, if, if I might, these two jokers are doing 95 miles per hour on Interstate 10, Florida. I've not done 95. I was uh, informed that it was a speed trap, so I... Maintained a uh, reasonable speed, but I-10 is uh, whew, straight and you want to go fast. Anyway, uh, these guys are zooming along at 95 miles per hour. The uh, coppers pulled them over. Uh, they figured out that the uh, the guy behind the wheel was the subject of an active felony warrant. Cop requested backup. They showed up with the canine officer. I believe the president calls them dogs. They call them <laughs> canines. 
Uh, well, that was my favorite tweet is why didn't they have that dog there as the guest there and have him run down the, the aisle with Baghdadi's head in his mouth? <laughs> okay, you lost me at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> Best State of the Union ever! <laughs> and I'd like to acknowledge, what was his name, Fido? <laughs> yeah, right. Fido, are you here? Fido here? And Fido comes running down the aisle with Baghdadi's head swinging in his wow, mouth. Wow, wow. Well, Jack, you got to save something for next year. Anyway, so the cops, the canine shows up. The canine signals uh, presence of contraband. Authorities found approximately 75 grams of methamphetamine, 1.4 kilos of the date rape drug GHB, a gram of cocaine, 3.6 grams of fentanyl, which is enough to kill Florida, 15 MDMA tablets, and drug paraphernalia in a bag labeled bag full of drugs. Wow. Scarlet eye right on the forehead. Zingo. Tattoo it. Boom. Right there in the sheriff's office. Labeling your bag bag full of drugs is a, uh, that's a heck of a touch right there. While you're doing 95 miles per hour on a known speed trap, if that person isn't an idiot, who is an idiot? We'll talk about this next hour. Headline in the Washington Post, and you know exactly what they're trying to do with this headline. Rush Limbaugh joins the likes of Mother Teresa and Rosa Parks as recipient of highest <laughs> civilian honor. Oh, that's subtle. Right. I didn't catch that at all. You've manipulated me into <laughs> thinking it's improper. <laughs> but we'll go through some of the other people that have received this honor through the years, and I think you'll be perfectly fine with Rush Limbaugh being on that list. That is unfreaking believable. For instance, Good call. For instance, Ellen DeGeneres a couple of years ago. Ellen DeGeneres is fine. I, but I, I she's not her. Mother she's... Teresa or Rose Parks either. Right. Wow. So uh, we'll, we'll wow. talk more about that coming up. That's hilarious. I know it is. I <laughs> <laughs> see what you're doing. How likely are you to actually get sick from being on a plane? I think we're all this way. You sit down and you hear the person with the wet cough. <laughs> oh, boy. God, I was on a plane with my kids. And uh, another, you could tell it was a kid. Had a really wet cough, but oh, uh, and I wondered, is, is he covering his mouth? I wonder. And the oh, next, and he's constantly coughing. And one time he's coughing, I kind of leaned up a little bit so I could get a look. No, just you know, just watching a, a video and just coughing, nothing near his face whatsoever. <laughs> Spewing it into the air. It's a sick enough. When you are covering your mouth, it still ain't great Dad's, in a closed environment. But you're right, it's Dad's much worse. Sitting next to him, come on, Dad, tell him to do the vampire, as my kids call it in school. Yeah, come on. At least block some of the spewage. I swear humanity makes me crazy. Anyway, how how bad is it to be on the plane with the flu going around and the coronavirus and everything like that? The WHO, the World Health Organization, has said that passengers seated in the same row, as well as two rows in front and behind of someone who is sick, should be notified of potential exposure to infectious diseases. Wow. They're not going to do that. Wow. They hand out a little form as you're getting off the plane. By the way, you've probably been exposed to an infectious disease. Thank you for flying, you know, whatever airline. Boy, I don't know what I think of that. So if they told me that two rows behind me, somebody's got the flu like my son had last week, which is not a good sickness to get. No. What am I going to do? Get off my flight and wait for the next one? Barricade yourself in the bathroom like me. What, With your you son, do? he sits on the sink, you sit on the toilet, and just fend off the people angrily banging on the door. Now, that's the WHO going with two rows 
Boeing did their own study. Keep your planes in the air. It's more of a one oh, rule. Oh, that's a great American company, Jack. Don't kick them all they're down. It's more of a one row rule, according to their studies there at Boeing. One row behind you and in front of you. Other than that, you're probably okay. Of course, if the rows keep shrinking, you know, two rows will be one row. How about the person sitting on top of me and the one underneath me? Yeah. <laughs> Since How about I'm the, in the one middle? lopping over into my seat? Since I paid extra to be in the middle in this situation and somebody's sitting beneath me, I'm sitting on their lap and then somebody else is on top of me. Yeah. you yeah. got to take everybody's temperature before they get on the plane. Yep. And if you got a fever, you don't get to get on the plane. Or have and I'm talking yeah. taking it the accurate way, like with babies at the doctor. <laughs> oh, bah, oh, boy, just relax. You'll feel some pressure. And you just have the regular TSA people do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, the, they, they got a gentle touch. Oh, oh God. <laughs> or have uh-uh. the back two rows be the sick rows. Have them quarantined. Now, that's not a bad idea. Now, you got to go through there to get to the Johnny. So I'm not sure how that works. You all swap each other's diseases. Now you got influenza and the coronavirus. Enjoy oh, boy. it. Um, it also said... Passengers in the aisle are at higher risk of infection than those in a window seat because you're obviously more exposed to more people as they walk by. Yeah, coughing and hacking and breathing. So the doctors say take a window seat and uh, only worry if somebody's in the row in front or behind. But again, if they are coughing and spewing, I know that. But what do I do do with that information? uh, uh, Cleanse your hands? I already do. Try not to breathe? Wear a mask like you're in China? Don't breathe is a good one. Stop breathing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, you can't freak out about this stuff or it'll make you crazy. No. Boy, having my son getting as sick as he did over the weekend with the regular flu, I definitely don't want to catch that. Yeah. Or or give it to anybody else. Indeed. Well, we don't want it from you. Yeah. Maybe we're all going to start wearing masks like they do in the Asian countries. Oh, boy. 